We have an amazing guest here on the show with mm-hmm. us. Uh, this is we we go back a few years. He's like my little brother. Yeah, man. The uh, the G unit. <laughs> yeah. Glad to have you on. Yes. Swagger and all. Yes, sir. So to get it started, Garrett. Um, well, actually, hold on. Before we do that, we're gonna jump into our menace moment because yes, we're very excited. Somebody. So excited! Got our first menace moment emailed in. So everyone, please email us um, yeah. with your menace moments. So I'm gonna share our first one today. Mm-hmm. So. We can share their name, right? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I I think he wanted the boys to remain anonymous. Okay, but but I think he's okay being okay. shared. So, okay. So well, okay. Well, we'll just keep it anonymous. Yeah, we'll keep it so, anonymous. Um, so this is the email we got. I am a teaching assistant at a public performing arts high school in the city of Cincinnati. Fun fact: I just so happen to have graduated from this high school in 2014, and I'm currently the president of my high school alumni association. Um, my school was also the first public school in the city of Cincinnati to be created with the sole purpose of integrating students of all races for arts education and is currently the first K-12 through public uh, school for the arts in the country, period. I also have the honor of mentoring 7th and 8th grade boys through a district-wide program called MORE, MORE which, which the acronym MORE stands for Men, Organized, Respectful, and Educated. While the program, okay, okay. yeah, period, right? Yeah. Love it. Nice this is reminding me of like me growing up, but I loved, I loved these programs, mm-hmm. these kind of things. They are very impactful. I still remember any program I was in from like fetus to now. Okay. <laughs> While the program um, on a district level is aimed at primarily African American young men and helping them navigate their personal lives as well as academics, the fourth through twelfth grade program at my school. Uh, operates a little differently and more we are a brotherhood or uh, or I don't know that or oh a miniature fraternity or diverse young men who are not only dedicated to being young men who are organized respectful and educated but also academically accountable uh, fiscal responsible socially aware and are ambassadors for our school through our outreach and volunteerism not only do the young men wear shirts and ties on meeting days but they also have created a healthy and open environment for all young men to strive for better I first got involved with the program in 2018 slash 2019 not only were we in the midst of a youth gun crisis in Cincinnati but we were in the rising heat of Black Lives Matter and the reeling from a police the police shooting of Sam DuBose just five minutes away from our school. Dang. I didn't hear about that one. I didn't pick, you have to get your mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only way we'll pick it up. Sorry. We're helping uh, Garrett understand the way it's working here on the podcast. Okay. Um, Every year, the district uh, had the boys participate in the typical classroom uh, Black History Month projects where they wrote and presented on a different person in black history. Our school even puts on a black history show to go along with it. However, in the summer of 2020, after the death of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and George Floyd protests in Cincinnati erupted, my 7th through 12th grade students wanted to call wanted to call an emergency meeting to talk about it. In the midst of our conversation, my boys made it clear to me that while they knew the stories of the most recent deaths, they had no idea about the origins of the Black Lives Matter movement, nor did they have any understanding of the history of police brutality um, in the black community. I decided, I decided that year, with parent permission, we were going to skip the typical Black History Month projects and zero in on the impact of the Trayvon Martin case in 2012, and the boys would host an 
open student forum to teach each other, but also have a real conversation about race and police brutality and how Trayvon and how the Trayvon Martin case in 2012 has formed the Black Lives Matter movement that we see today. We analyze the Trayvon Martin documentary, Rest in Power, Trayvon Martin story, and the boys were so captivated that they even started having conversation with their peers about Trayvon. All right. All right. All right. The so day like before, um, sorry, the day before our students, the open, our open student forum, we were told that we wouldn't be able to host our forum because it could be seen as controversial. Boo. What? On, Boo, tomatoes, tomatoes. Wonder who made that decision. <laughs> That's a cop out though. You already know. <laughs> While I tried to fight back, and the call was coming from above me, and unfortunately, we wouldn't be able to host the event after school the next day. To my surprise, I get called from my classroom because, quote, my boys are making some kind of stir in the lunchroom, unquote. Mm. Not only have my boys dressed in hoodies like Trayvon, but they had gotten majority of their peers to sign a petition for the event to continue. Let's go, activism. Okay, come on. Love, all right. Come on, you like young men of get, more. Gather us, okay? Needless, Shout out to them. Right. That's what we like to see. Needless to say, the powers that uh, were being allowed, the powers that uh, were being allowed I guess they allowed the event to take place. Sorry, that, that was word of weird. Uh, every year since, I have taught a different kind of part of recent black history from Colin Kaepernick protesting to Breonna Taylor's death because it ex is extremely relevant to their reality. While I am worried about the future and the laws being created around what can and cannot be taught in schools concerning race and identity in this country, I will forever remember that minute's moment with my students and the looks of the faces of those who try to stop us. I know that most of the my boys um, being young men in the Moore program is already an act of them becoming beacons in their community with the spirit of them being a menace. And he attached some photos for us to see. Um, but we can't but share Yeah, those. we're not sharing them, but just for mm -hmm. us. But Man. that is awesome. I love that story that so is. much. Shout out to the young men of Moore. Men organized, respectful, and, and what? Peaceful. And educated? Educated. Educated. Organized, respectful. That's what I mean. <laughs> we love this. We yeah, love that was this. great. I love hearing about um, people in high school and young people mm. seeing the importance of standing up, especially, you know, that's kind of like our duty as black people. I feel like even at a young age, we are called to speak up. Yeah, and that's a beautiful example of true menace activity. They dressed up in the hoodies like yep. Trayvon Martin and went out to their fellow students and said, here, sign this petition. And, you know, the powers that be had to listen, right? Yeah. They allowed that event to take place. It's crazy that they were going to stop it. In the, well, actually, no, that's pretty yeah. normal. That's, <laughs> that's to be expected. Yeah. But um, it's just amazing that they went and did something about it, right? Yeah. At such a young age. Because these are middle school kids. Yeah. You know? So good for them. And, I, you know, I hope they hear this. And yes. I hope they know that uh, we, the black menaces, admire them and yes, respect them. Yes, and respect. We and give you your props. Yeah. And I love it also because it shows just how impactful on a local level, right? Like, we don't all need to be at MLK or Rosa Parks or doing these things. And, I mean, we might not make a Black Menace uh, TikTok account that right, goes right. viral, but we can all make change in our own communities. And that's um, something that I hope they remember for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. Another thing that I loved about this is how uh, this gentleman is teaching um, recent black history yes when you think about like oh man it, like the way that we've been conditioned to think about black history is the civil rights movement and then after that it stops right yeah like, that's where it's uh, like because literally like in my head like when people say black history that's what i think of civil rights and previous but i mean even right after that you had jesse jackson he was the first black man to run for president period then you yeah. had he's in illinois 70s. by the way you, in my state and he grew up uh 
Michelle Obama was best friends with his daughter. And they grew up on the, in like uh, the same neighborhood. And where? Chicago, my in hometown. Chicago. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Then you got Shirley Chisholm, who was the first black woman to run Period. for president. Then you got all kind. You know, you got all kinds of athletic events, um, athletic accomplishments. Where we yeah. dominate. Right. right, we haven't even we talked about Michael scores. Jordan, Serena yeah, Williams, you. Oprah you know Winfrey. I mean? Right, they're all be crazy. Part of, if it right, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Was she the first black billionaire or black female billionaire? I think so. Yeah, Maybe so I don't know. We I mean, got her. Then we, we got, got Serena right. Williams, who is the highest paid athlete ever. One of them. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Is it? Uh, okay, no, I don't know. Okay, they, they said, wait a minute, Rachel. Now, don't be saying stuff yeah. that you don't got basis in. I'm sorry. After I saw, after I saw, what do you call it? The movie about their father. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. King Richard. King Richard. So uh, good. I still haven't seen um, it. I need to. Oh, it's good. Yeah, after I saw that, I looked it up, and I'm pretty sure she's, like, top paid fe- athlete. I can believe it. She's a powerhouse. If it was female, yeah, because Lionel Messi be making That's true. Oh, you're right. Money. Okay. And then you got LeBron Maybe James. Maybe it's tennis know. player. That yeah. I, yeah, I can okay, see Okay, I'm going to look this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get back to and you on that one. Sorry, guys. But yeah, you guys, so, I mean, all this recent black history, and don't even start on the Obamas, right? Okay, recent don't black even history. talk about that is, um, mm-hmm. they will forever, they, that is the black community's president. Yeah, that's oh, forever. That's absolutely. Absolutely. Literally, no, he he literally, black people still speak like he is the president, and it's my favorite <laughs> thing. Like, if you go around old Man. black people, they, they have... Obama next to Jesus, mm-hmm. like yeah, every black if you go any old house, any old black grandma's old, house, dude, that, that Obama plate, everybody got that plate. Yes, mm-hmm. that picture fact, of the inauguration. Yep, <laughs> but but the big man don't play upstairs though, man. I don't, I don't know about that. For real, yeah, like, black no, Jesus lying. and the Obama. No, literally, yeah. that is how black uh-huh. black grandma see it, and that's, I love it. That's the black equivalent of the first presidency in their home. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. the, the three leaders of the church. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Man, yeah, but yeah, so you got them. I mean, so much. We still making history. This is past Winter Olympics was the first uh, black yeah. woman. I don't know if she's the first black woman to participate, but she was the first black woman to medal in speed skating, right? Which I, I yeah, definitely medal. Right, I'd never even okay. considered that you know black women were out here speed skating, and she just started in 2016. So she went from from like not they show videos of her. She couldn't even stand up on the ice. She was wobbling Dang, all over the place this. in 2016 to winning a medal in in 2022, right? And so We're not even talking about Gabby Douglas and Simone Biles. Thank you, right? Thank you. Just out here just doing stuff that's never been done before literally. And so anyway, black history is ongoing, right? It's not something that stopped with the civil rights movement. So people, please educate yourselves. Please uh, learn and take note of the history that is occurring all around you. I hope to one day be a part of the uh, the annals of black history myself. Right, you know. I don't know. I got to figure out what I'm going to do first. <laughs> Hopefully it's for something good. I'm going to be like, Nate was the first black man to die in a shark attack or something. Okay, no, no. You, you probably are the first. <laughs> right, because black people don't swim. Uh, but that's a stereotype. I, I know, I'm joking. I'm jo- I swim. No, just kidding. I swim. It is a stereotype, but there's history behind that. Yeah, there is. Anyway. We'll cover that on another episode. Mm, we done got way <laughs> off track. Yeah, anyway. we have. Sorry, let's reel it in today, guys. Sorry. But shout out to our wonderful friends in Cincinnati yes. for sending in that menace moment. Um, yeah, we're going to get started talking with our main man, Garrett. Yes. Should I go through all the names again? <laughs> you missed a few, though. You got G-Unit. You got G-Money. Oh, we didn't G- get G-Money. You got G-Diddy. G-Dep. Oh. Okay. Man, that's what my, that's what my coach used to call me. G Diddy. Ever since then, it's G been Diddy. been a that's, part of me. That's a good one. I like that one. Premium G. I think Man. I'm partial to G String though. No, <laughs> I'm voting no for that one. If someone okay. calls me that on the streets, man, I'm gonna know where it came from. Okay, but Garrett, Man. why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Um, tell 
the listeners who you are um, and kind of why you are here on the podcast today. Man, well, like I said in the beginning, my name is Garrett. I was born in Chicago, grew up down here in Utah after I got adopted. I grew up in Kearns, the only, what I feel like is the only semi-normal place in Utah, but it is what it is, you know. Uh, Grew up playing football, got injured, kind of ended that. Now I'm, you know, just doing what I got to do, trying to make it in this world, right? Trying to get up and do it, just... Just be successful. That's what I'm up to. There you go. Period. You know I mean? Good stuff. And are you in barber school right now? Is that what I see? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I got it. If you want to come see me, you know I'm at Paul Mitchell and Provo. I need some okay, people. Okay. Per. You know I need people to cut up, man. And I'm actually nice. Check my Instagram. It's called G Cuts Eight Hundred One. All right. G-Cuts. Check that out. Okay. Putting in the plugs. We like it. We like it. Yeah. No, unfortunately, I you know I got my barber already and my hairline. Yeah, I man, you gonna come see me? Just you know how that is. Yeah, that look, commitment. If, once you serious. get out of Paul Mitchell, once you graduate, yeah, then no, I'll come for sure. No, no, no. Said, you need a I license. Gonna, I ain't gonna trust my hairline to this. He the, said my you, you just learned. Yeah, I'd be the only one. Cu- I'd be the only one touching it though. So uh-huh. it's like right, if you right. got faith in me, you know, I'm trying to get our boy Andre to come through. He said, I got faith in you, but. I don't know if I have faith in your hair cutting ability yet. I have to see it first. Check I haven't seen it. I'll check it. Yeah. I'll check it. Come Once on. I see you it, know, then, then we can I, talk. I love black people. They're very candid about that. They will mm-hmm. not. They don't care about your feelings. They're like, no, I'm not right. coming for you for my hair. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong though. I don't trust some of my homies to cut uh, my yeah, hair. I feel, so yeah, I feel I, I get it. Mm-hmm. It took me. <laughs> it took me a couple years before. If you go back and look, well, I don't know if I posted them. Maybe I should. I'll just post the progression of my hairline. Oh, uh, I can't even talk, man. <laughs> <laughs> my shit was bad. All right, check out my Instagram later on. I'm gonna post the progression of my hairline from then until now so y'all can see how long it took me to find a good barber and if i'm gonna be honest as a black woman i was just telling nate's wife this actually last week i judge people's hairlines as a black man if your hairline is messed up i'm so sorry i'm gonna say that and that takes off points of attraction mm-hmm. this a, sounds petty i'm so sorry nah, i mean <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, yeah. it's a self-care thing it's a part of grooming yeah. right it's so you know just like for anybody there are certain standards of grooming we expect people to shower and not stink we expect people to um, you know to keep their feet clean and More on that. you know me, stuff like that just the basics as a black man if your hairline yeah. looking i'm gonna be like what's going on the hairline is essential and now there are some people who just don't know for instance growing up i didn't know my dad made me shave my head this every is true they grew up in a different environment right my dad was in the military and so i just he just shaved my head every two weeks and then when i got old enough to cut my own hair he made me shave my head every two weeks and so <laughs> i grew up with a busted hairline but then when i well, look he knows <laughs> when better I now college, yeah, we're traumatized so it's i cool. learned i learned i grew from this and so you know um, yeah, black men take care of your headlines. <laughs> anyway, because black men are watching, black women are watching, black, black men too, black, black yeah. people are watching, watching black people are watching. <laughs> See, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm still yes. learning. They're gonna jump down <laughs> your throat for the littlest mistake. I'm telling <laughs> you, they're gonna be on you. That's um, believe. Okay, mm. Nate. Yeah, so take us away. So you said you were born in Chicago, you were adopted, and, and grew up in Kearns. Yes, sir. Uh, what was your experience growing up in Utah as? So first of all, the, just to be, to be clear, the family that adopted you are they a white family? Yes. Okay, awesome. So what was it like growing up? Um, we call it transracial adoption. Yeah. So what was it like growing up as a transracially adopted uh, kid in Utah? Uh, man, where to start, man? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. It was for me, with the circumstances that I had, my parents actually they did their best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Growing up, Kearns is more diverse, but 
Long story short, my, we moved out of Kearns, then we moved back to Kearns because that's the area we liked. And it was cool, man. I had, my parents did the best they could. They, the way they approached it was they put me in positions to learn. And if that's I good. wanted to learn, that's good. You know, that was up to me. I got to make that choice. And there okay, were some okay. things I did want to learn. And at a time, being an ignorant kid, you know, mm-hmm. it was a, it was hard though growing up. I didn't see another African American until I was in eighth grade. I oh, swear. My. Yo. I swear, what? man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see another black person until you were in eighth grade. Eighth, no, no, I, no you uh, mean I like a, in person, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but still, yeah, still, but African American though. Oh, I, yeah, you know, I, I see what you're saying. I had a homeboy uh, growing up who was African, but uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, but eighth, and we became good friends for a little bit, but just because you know, hey, this guy, this guy looks just like this guy looks like me. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I ain't seen that before, and you know. uh I looked up to his stepdad, which was kind of cool on certain things, how he, what he did. So that kind of, I feel like seeing him kind of helped me as a person and grow as a man, seeing things, seeing how he was moving, mm-hmm. you know, but it was, it was hard all throughout, um, all throughout school. It was hard trying to find a sense of identity, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like a, someone you can look up to in person. That's not like, of course I had my idols on, on the internet, you know, famous people, actors, mm-hmm. people like that. But yeah. It's different when you don't when you can't see that in in real life. You know what I mean? It yeah. definitely is, yeah. And it's it was rough. It, it, but at the end of the day, you know, I am who I am. My parents did the best they could. There you go. And it's like I think they did pretty good compared to some of the other kids I've seen, man. I'll like, say so, yeah. You seem like a, a a deep dude. I appreciate I always appreciate talking with you. Man. Yeah. I appreciate and, that, man. And I didn't even know you were adopted by white people until right now. For real? Yeah, which this is going to sound bad, but normally in Utah you can tell like mm-hmm. I, it's pretty obvious to me the yeah. way they act, but like there's been two you were the second black person who I met in Utah who was adopted by someone from Utah and raised here and I didn't know they were transversely adopted. Yeah. yeah. Until, that's like, an accomplishment. They t- until I'm, they told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah and so like I I sorry, that's getting off into a lot of different things. No, I mean, yeah. you you ain't wrong. I mean, it's mostly cuz you know, in Kearns Growing, it was more like I grew up with a lot of Africans, and some of those mm-hmm. Africans, you know, they they was they was they was doing what they did, and just growing up with them, and also going to high school playing sports with them, and you know that just, just kind of developed my personality yeah. a little, mm-hmm. bit. and that definitely like, helped. Yeah, 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 for sure. And playing football, especially, man. That, that, if I didn't play football, I would be a lot different. Let me tell you that. I believe it. I believe you know it. I mean? and, you know, jumping into what you said, Rachel. It, you know, with you being able to tell when um, someone is transversely adopted in Utah. I think I don't that, mean that as an insult, by the way. Right, of course. That's, that's what I'm going to jump into. It's not meant as an insult or anything like that. It's just to say that there is a, a bit of a different... They have a different lived experience. And we, yeah. we kind of touched on this a little bit in a previous episode where we talked about how certain people's lived experiences with blackness is a lot different than other people's, especially for people who grow up inside of Utah. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, amazing... Um, there are a lot of amazing families who adopt children outside of the race that they are. Um, who give those children wonderful experiences. However, I also personally know a lot of people who are are children of transracial um, adoptive relationships who were abused or who were uh, treated in a certain way that was detrimental to them um, in a a mental health way um, or they were separated from their culture because um, there's there's a lot of the idea that, oh, I I don't see color. I'm not someone, um, one of the the friends that I was talking to said that um, 
a, a parent who had adopted a, a black child, a white parent who adopted a black child, said, oh, "I'm not raising a black child. I'm raising a a child." Yeah, and it's, it's like, like that's no. a one, right. That's that's a wonderful ideal. However, it doesn't work because you are raising, in fact, a black child, and there's a difference in how a black child is going to be treated versus a white right. child. Period. Um, and there's a difference in how a black child is going to develop. Um, in re- you know, in regards to their proximity to what am I trying to say? A black child is going to develop differently in a community of of all white children. Yes. Right? Yeah, and um, not acknowledging their race is a disservice to them because right. even though you might, you know, try your best to air quote be colorblind, which is not a thing, oh, and try to treat them as a human, which is important, right? And recognize their humanness and them as an individual, but also that is not how the world works. That is not how society works. We are all socialized racially and to ignore that as being to me ignorant to the realities of life and the it's being ignorant to what will be their lived experience as a black person and even though you don't understand that um even the acknowledgement that it's going to be different than what you had mm-hmm. is really really important from what i've seen yeah i'm um, sorry no, jerry gary you can talk more about this no, um, I mean, than us but no, y- y'all said some good stuff man like i wanted to jump into what nate said and mm. about people adopting people who have no business adopting a black kid it's like i actually went to this uh this little camp thing up in Denver. Remember, I remember you hit me up. At, yeah, uh-huh. at, yeah. So I was up there, and I was looking at some of the parents, and in my mind, I'm just like, "You guys got have no idea what you're doing." There wait, 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 what camp thing was this? Elaborate on what this is a little bit. I'm sorry, I'm just. I'm not going. I I ain't going to okay. throw anyone under the bus, but it was like, you know, it was like a, it was like a adoption camp, like a bunch oh. of adoption. If you are a black kid and you're adopted, you can come to this camp. Oh, I see. It's kind okay. of one of those things. Okay, gotcha. And I'm looking at some of the parents and seeing some of these kids. I was like, you guys are so far gone. Like, Why, why did you adopt a black kid if you weren't going to do your research? Mm. You got kids walking around with nappy head. You know, you got girls whose braids so busted up. You feel me? And it's Not like braids busted up. And, and, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like looking at it. We're talking like, about this too. Hair is sacred. Man. Yep. Mm-hmm. In the and, black community. And some people. Yeah, exactly. It all ties back into that. But even with all that, it's crazy because. You th- you think that they would want to do their research. Mm-hmm. You would think that. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And granted, my parents didn't do research, but they put me in positions where I could do my own research. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just those kids, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really mess with the adopted community like that. I'm going to just be straight up honest with you. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because some of Tell those kids, man, I was, look- you guys, I was looking at like, you guys are so far gone. There ain't nothing I can do. Well, for for what, what you, you old, man? Can you like define or like break down what's what you mean by so far gone? Like how you were saying they was like, uh, they was raising them as they were to be white, mm. and you know, and my mom acknowledged that too. She was like, she was telling me she's like, why are all the kids south of here so weird? And my mom's the sweetest lady. If you know my mom, you know she would never say something like that. Mm. But and then my dad said, yeah, we've seen some other adopted kids and they were raised white. We didn't want that for you. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, shout out to my parents for not wanting that for me. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. But that's a difficult conversation that a lot of people are not willing to have, right? And there's probably a lot of people are going to hear this podcast and be uncomfortable talking about this. But this is a really important conversation to have. We appreciate you coming on because you're so direct with things. Yeah, yes, we appreciate it. Yes. I love it. You're always just like straight to the point and you be saying stuff and I'm just like, and my daddy said my mouth's going to get me in trouble one day. <laughs> <laughs> no worry, mine yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> 
My dad said the same thing. I ain't happened yet, though. So I'm, Right. <laughs> I'm waiting for it, though. You know, we're going to see. We're mm. going to see. Hey, you know what? This is the, the mouthiest people. They're the ones that get stuff done. Look Period. at uh, look at Fred Hamp- Hampton. I will say Fred Hammond. Well, also look at where he Man. is now. That's what I, I was. I didn't want to say it. Right. I didn't want to say it, but they, they, oof, the people in power. Yeah. Google it. Mm-hmm. Just Google it. Get upset. That is true. Very um, true. So, yeah. so Garrett, I wanted to ask, what was maybe like the dynamic between you and your parents growing up? I know you said that they were really good about, I, I say, kind of facilitating an opportunity for you to learn about african-american culture and things like that but what were maybe some of the difficult moments you had or any tough conversations that you've had to have with them um that you've had as like being transracially adopted because i know that that's part of it too that i mean your parents just they don't know your lived experience and you have to kind of break down some things sometimes for them um i'm gonna just well first i'm gonna start off by saying just because i just want to say this break the stereotype just could just could just could just because a kid is adopted don't mean his life's perfect. You feel me? Yeah. I just yeah. want to say that right now. Like, I ain't going to lie. I've lived a relatively good life, but there have been some things that's happened that I'm that, that still haunt me to this day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even things that, um, that uh, we went through or I went through personally that or that I was involved with or whatever. Or, yeah. And it was... It was tough. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, my yeah. my parents were always willing to talk, but looking back on some of the conversations, I'm looking at like you didn't you didn't handle that in the right way that would have helped me. Well, hang on, let me. Fr- you, I don't think you handled that the right way. Looking back on it, mm. with how I am now compared to then, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like looking back on. I know they didn't they didn't know what they was doing to in some. Sometimes you know, but I can't. I can't even lie. I've lived a, I've lived a relative. I've had a relatively good life. Most of my problems have been, um, have been from me and my personal, in you know, living yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's what that's what it was for me, man. It was like that's what it was for me. I can't say for anyone else. Yeah, but, you know, I've had my struggles. You know, I've. I've, I'm a, like I said, I'm adopted. I've had a relatively good life, but doesn't mean that they ain't, I ain't been through some stuff or seen some stuff or yeah. done. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to get at. You yeah. feel me? It's like, yeah, that's what it is. I get that. Yeah. You know, the same thing again, talking to some of my friends who um, were adopted. That was one thing I actually was just learning about this the other day. Um, they were saying, yeah, you know, people often think that like they, they get what this person was saying was they gaslight you. Um, when you're adopted, they tell you, oh, you should be happy to be here. Yeah, like, be um, grateful. Exactly. Be grateful that you're here, that you have this family and things like that. And this was someone who was um, was terribly abused mm. right, growing up, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, mm. verbally, like, all those things, right? Um, but they were constantly being told, oh, be grateful to be here. Um, and, yeah, that's, so that's such an important thing because I had never thought of that. You know, I had never even realized, like, I just figured, you know, when you're adopted, things are good. You know, you know in, in my head, I realized... That, that wasn't true, but it just like I never made that connection, right? You know, so thank you for sharing that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that you are, um, I guess now that you're an adult, you're out of high school and everything, what is it that's keeping you in Utah? What makes you want to stay here as opposed to going somewhere else? I don't want to stay here, I'm gonna tell you that right now, especially because I'm not living, I'm not around where I grew up. I don't want, I, I'm only here because barber school. 
and I don't have the finances yet mm. to to travel where I want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Because right, my, I got a plan right now because the way the barbering licenses go, you got to have it transferred from state to state and might yeah. have to do a little extra hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So depending on how that goes, that depends on how long I'm finna stay here, how long I'm finna be around. Uh, if it goes through, that's great. If not, I'll probably move down to further down south or something. You know what I mean? I'll be closer to the border so I can at least go to Go to Vegas and, you know, see some normal normal people for a little bit. Period. I feel that. Okay. All right, all right. Or Mesquite, if you know. Oh, not Mesquite. (laughs) (laughs) That's just kind of a small town, though. Yeah. Yeah, they ain't a whole lot. It's like a casino and Mm -hmm. hotels and gas stations. Driven through on occasion. All right. Good stuff. Well, man, I think that's about all we got. Man. Appreciate you coming on the show. Man, appreciate mm-hmm. you having me. Yeah, thank you for for being here, being willing to share your experience. Oh, I did want to ask one more thing. Oh yeah, yeah, what's up? I'm having like brain fog, guys. I work at home, and so my brain just takes a lot of time to go sometimes. Um, but I know that we had talked about like um, being in the church and whatnot. Um, mm. And I know you're not active, right? I don't know if I can Hell say that. No, no? I ain't okay. <laughs> so <laughs> what do I look like? I ain't. I've woken up. I ain't, Period. I ain't not I've no woken more. up. I'm crying. Man. Okay. So um, if you just want to share quickly before we end out, um, kind of why, uh, what kind of led you to feeling that way, and like, um, just like with your blackness in the church and anything you want to speak on that, because I always love to hear other black people's perspective and opinions on being in the church, not being in the church, and being black. So. Please take that where you want with us, Brother Whiting. <laughs> However you, you want to take that, you can take it. First off, I just want to say this. I'm going to go on a little rant here. I'm gonna okay. Say Listen, I'm going to say this right now. Mormons are some of the fakest people you will ever meet. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm crying. And if you know, if you live in Utah, you know you if know what I'm talking about. the live video. Yeah, if you you're seeing see the live Nate's video. Face, Nate's face right now. If, if the, all right, so like I said, Kearns is one of the very few normal places in Utah. They the my when I went when I was active in the church in Kearns, you know, it, they didn't they they treated me with love. Mm-hmm. I'm still friends with some of them to this day. Like I still talk to them. You know what I mean? It's it, yeah. we still good. But the my old war when I was in West Jordan, I don't talk to none of them like that. You know what I mean? They didn't care. One of them blocked me on Facebook cuz he's a you know, can I cuss on here, man? I'm a, um, man, keep I'm a, it limited you know to he was, you know, level one swear words. Yeah, if if yeah, you do swear. Man, I'm gonna tell y'all something and it's like you know, I was it's it's whatever, but my my looking back on all the time I spent wasting my time with that, it's looking at it and looking back, I'm like I should have just been doing what I'm doing now this entire time. It's like there's no the Book of Mormon. Let me the Book of Mormon. It's like watch the Salamander Letters on Netflix. I'm gonna tell y'all something. They were willing to pay that much to lock it away. What they got oh, going on, about, man? Uh, murder among the Mormons? No, no, no. The Salamander Letters. Oh, there's a different one. Yeah. I don't know oh, what that okay. is. In, look, watch it on ignorant. Netflix. I'm telling you. Okay. Because there's one called Murder Among the Mormons, and it's about the guy who wrote those letters. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Salamander. Where he, like, blew somebody up? I don't know. Stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Watch that. Murder Among the Mormons. That show is crazy. After I seen that, I'm like, okay, what else they hiding? You know what I mean? And Interesting. I realized with that, you know, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to I'm going to drop some knowledge on y'all. Hang on a second. Nope. I'm going to tell y'all something. Think about it like this. There's God, right? God is, he's the highest. There ain't nothing, there ain't nothing above God. You know what I mean? Why should I listen to a person, a man, even who was a, appointed by God, if, I, if, 
if I if man is wicked. You know what I mean? Look, listen to it. Man is all wrong. Why do I gotta listen to anybody? My relationship is between me and the highest. You know what I mean? Period. It it's like there ain't no, there's no middleman between that. You feel me? Yeah. That's what, it, yeah. That's what comes first. I feel like a lot of times we forget that. Um, yeah, in LDS in, church. In the LDS church, there's a tendency to forget that it is God that comes first. Right. Yep. And I think people tend to 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 prioritize the words of the prophet and the church leaders. Yep. Yes. And say, oh, this is what we need to be doing, and then they kind of disregard. What uh, what what the, what God actually said, right? And so I think exactly. there's definitely a tendency to do that. So yeah, I, I feel where you're coming from on that for sure. And if you if you're not religious, you know whatever you believe in, just think about it though. If you don't, you know, just think of it. There's no one in between you and your religion or who or what you believe in. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like I believe in the highest. There ain't no one, ain't no one in between that. I don't. Be, I never. Even when I was active, I never believed in the Book of Mormon. It's like it was written by a man. Ain't ain't, ain't none. It's like. I know there's I know that God's real, you know what I mean? For what I believe, but I don't I there shouldn't be any middle man who's a man just like me. You know? Man, there's humanness, we're all humans. We all make mistakes, we all do things we ain't proud of, but it's like you know, the Mormons they like to condemn you for that. It's like they always look it down on you for, you know, smoking or drinking. But you know, it's just like we human, we make mistakes. It's like God knows that. God knows we ain't perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like, why should we be condemned by it from another man who of a position who who you put in power, who another man put in power? And I'm not even a conspiracy theorist like that. You know what I'm I mean? Crying. It's just it's just this is this is just something I, this is just how I be feeling sometimes about that. Yeah. So is this how you've always felt or is this something that's like become more recent? Like is this something that you started feeling more recently, or have you always kind of been the uh, like of this this mindset? Well, when I start, well, I left at 13, like officially. And then, I, you know, I never really, like, officially rejoined. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But being 13, it's like hearing some of the people talk, I'm like, that's not how God works. You know what I mean? That's not how, that's not how God works. That's not, I don't think that's how God works. God wants you to be happy, mm-hmm. but try and keep his name in, in vain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's. Oh, that's 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 what it was. That's how it is for me. Okay. Yeah. So, that's just how I be feeling. I I ain't. Wait, hey, respect, hey, man. That's, everybody, that's a big yeah. step to take at thirteen. Yeah, and know. be just aware of. I don't know. It that's, just being aware of, the way that you were learning about a higher power at that age is, powerful to me because at such a young age, you know, you're really. Your worldview is shaped by your experience, right? And right. What you're what you're socialized around, and that shapes your reality. And really, a lot of people don't really question or think deeply about that until they're um, kind of in their after adolescence, right? right. When they're becoming young adults, um, mm-hmm. when they're on their own, and they're kind of in the space to think past that. Mm-hmm. So, Man. I mean, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. You know, they, they ain't Amen. there ain't nothing for that. I can I can say that proudly. Yeah. But even with um, Oh, I lost my point. I lost my point. I forgot what I was going to say. Hang on a second. That's all good. Yeah, what was that going to Yeah, you know, so yeah, while, while you're thinking yeah. of it, you know, we could, we could talk about this. But I, I, I appreciate your your sharing how you, you know, you made this you made this decision and you kind of had these thoughts at 13. That's such a young age, right? Right. Um, but just to kind of be aware of, of of who God was to you and what you felt about God, I think is very important. Um, yeah. Going back to how we prioritize 
people over God sometimes. I think that that's something that we yep. really need to, to step into and focus on. You know, somebody, I did the little, the thing that's popular right now, ask me anonymous questions. On oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. Right? Hop on that trend real quick. And somebody, it was the most random question. They asked me, is God real? I'm like, I don't know why you asked me that. I don't know what made you think I'm like the spiritual authority. Yes, come things. on. But they said, is God real? And so the answer I put was basically, that depends on what you define as God. Or who mm. you yeah, I seen, God. I seen that one. And basically, do I believe that uh, the westernized, like white um, white man, greasy haired? I'm not greasy hair. Okay, not greasy hair. But I'm long, crying. You know, Lord, he didn't mean that. Long, I, well, <laughs> Lord, he, he didn't. Doesn't mean, have look, yeah, he, he, have, he, I know he didn't mean that. Not, anyway, you know what I'm trying the to say. De- anyway, the depiction of him. Yes, the yeah. depiction that we see of this white man with long hair, with blue eyes, um, with pale skin. Uh, who is 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 homophobic and xenophobic and racist and approves or believes in in curses uh, on specific people and and you know all those kinds of things? I don't believe that that God exists, right? The God that I believe in is someone uh, who said that the first law is to love the Lord, Period. your God, and then the second law is like unto it to love your neighbor, neighbor as you mm-hmm. love yourself, right? That's Amen. the God that I believe in. Yep, me too. Um, I also believe in a God who grew up. And uh, who spent the first years of his life in Africa. So, you know, probably wasn't uh, pale skin. I believe that um, he was someone who was not overly concerned with appearance, was not overly concerned with um, trivial things, but was more concerned with who you were as a person. Mm-hmm. And kind of going back to what you said, Garrett, about people being fake. Um you know, we see. Either. Can I say something real quick on that? Yeah, absolutely. That's one. Yeah. Let me clarify. Not all Mormons. Well, of course, you not. know. Of course we, we know you're not yeah. speaking. No, yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, people. It's the internet. You feel me? But you yeah. know, it's like not all are bad. It's mm-hmm. just in my experience, Utah Mormons are some of the worst. You feel me? My yeah. my roommates oh, that I'm yeah. living with now, they're Mormon, but they they're not. They didn't grow up in Utah County. They yeah. seen they seen you the know world. they seen the world. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just wanted to clarify on that. And no, they're, yeah. they're chill, man. Shout out to y'all if y'all see this. But That's I like them. That's factual. You know? yeah. yeah. And I mean, the only thing I think I'd add to that is particularly in the LDS context, like the doctrine of the church is very um, centered on God being a loving Heavenly Father, right? And a loving parent. And the older I get and the more I, I learn about the gospel and the doctrine, like it really resonates with me that God is a loving parent. And a loving parent is going to do everything they can to assist you, to facilitate happiness for you to give you love and so what you were saying nate that that's the kind of god i know so Mm -hmm. everything else that's kind of happened and um whether it be church history or the way that people interpret god to be or who he is for them um it's confusing for me Mm -hmm. personally and when people act in ways that i don't feel like align with god being a loving parent um because i feel like you know like i think about my mom like my mom everything she does is out of love and she would never do something um, or encourage things that would exclude groups of her children. Yeah. Right. You think about your parents. My, my parent would never, my mom would never do that. Especially a perfect parent. Right. <laughs> yeah, and we're thinking yeah. of the perfect parent, which God is, yeah, right, right, he right, is yeah. never going, we, we know our parents on earth are imperfect and they're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But a perfect parent is and going to always know how to include everyone a parent a perfect parent is going to know how to make sure everyone feels loved exactly. and has a way to return to live with him in an appropriate way well, so for me that's just what i'm saying no, that, we're, we're using that, the lds that, doctrine no. and framework like let's go with the beliefs and let's no, follow exactly. that and so for me it's confusing sometimes when people yeah 
No, yeah. and, and you ain't lying. It, it, with that, it's, it's like that's why I didn't believe in the like what the Book of Mormon was saying. It's like mm. for me, like for me, I can only speak for me. I read. I'm. I was reading the Bible, and then I read the Quran a little bit. I was, and it's like those two go go together, you know, more than the Book of Mormon does. It's like it was found in the Americas or whatever. It's like, but the Quran and the Bible were both written in the Holy Land. You know what I mean? So it's like that. That to me makes more sense. And even as even at thirteen, I had some stuff going on. And that's why I started researching that, and I was just like. It's like I just wanted to know who God really is, and from between those two, I've kind of forged my own opinion of, all right, this is what kind of this is what God does. God loves all; mm. He understands us. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And that that's how I saw it. You know what I mean? And I love Jesus, whoever He was, whatever you know, whether He died on the cross or He went to heaven unharmed. Just it's it's uh, I love Jesus. Got him on my arm, tattoo. What's Period. Up? There you go. That's what's up. And you know, kind of. Like even even going off of that, you know, the Bible says this is one thing that I'm like learning to reframe in my mind. Right, everything is so. Um, I don't know everything is just. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but I'm trying to I'm trying to Crazy. fix this in my mind. Right, uh, the Bible says we were created in God's image, male and female. Right, which means that if we're creating God's image, then there is a heavenly Father, there's a heavenly Mother. Right, mm. this is something that we know, we just don't talk about. Right. right. So that's one thing I'm trying to work on in my head is that, like, okay, there's heavenly parents, right? There's that first. Um, and that's something that we need to to accept as well, that it's not just a he, right? It's also a he a and a she, right? It's a right. they. It's a they. It's exactly right. Um, and, and with that, um, I've heard so many parents say you can't raise your children the same. Right, we always hear you got to parent one child differently than you parent the other. I yep. believe that. And so, if you think about that, if that's the way we parent children on earth, then why would it be like, why would God make this like, why would God make one way for all of his and children? And that's on period. Yep. Right? Why would he make yep. one way for all of his Speak kids? Speak on it. Why would he not parent each child differently according to what they need? Right. Yeah. right. Obviously, there are going to be some things that yep. remain. That remain specific, like you know, in any household, there's going to be rules that every child has to follow. Yeah. But yep. the way that you handle each child, uh, come on, when it comes to those rules, is going to be different, right? Straight up. Ooh. And so that's why we have multiple ways of being a good person. I, you know, yep. yeah. you've got Taoism, or Taoism, you've got Hinduism, you've got exactly. Buddhism, yep. you've got Islam, Islam you've got Chinese. Christianity, you've got Catholicism, which I guess they count as separate. I don't know. That's yeah, I mean, yeah, different denominations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean. And so you got all these different ways, and all of these ways are just ways that that you know if you follow yep. it, they're going to make you a better person. Exactly. They're going, you, there's going to be basic rules that you follow. Come on, that's what's You're important. Right now. And they all worship some kind of. They all worship the highest. Yeah. Because there's plenty of people who are the most active um, church members, not just in the LDS church, but in any religion. Any religion, any yeah. Religion, the most the active. Bad. They'll do all the go through all the motions, right. say all the prayers, follow all the you know read all the scriptures. And then still be doing the most horrible yeah. things uh, mm-hmm. behind, you know, behind closed doors, yeah. right? So it's not about um, what you're. It's not about. Uh, it's about who you are as a person. Yes. It's not about and what you're doing necessarily. Something it's not about my appearances, yeah. something my ex said that he oh, he ex. no this what he would say. I'm bringing this up because it's not my idea. I can't oh, okay. take credit yeah. for this idea mm-hmm. that I now believe is he said that um. God wants everyone back, right? Like at the end of the day, God wants all of his children to live with him. Mm -hmm. And so he knew that the world was going to be so diverse and so different. Kind of what you were saying, Nate, that he needed to parent each child a little differently. And 
um, he created multiple ways almost for people to return to live with him that are going to be most comfortable and most accessible to them. And when, and when he said that, I, was, I, I started thinking a lot about that. And it made a lot of sense to me that whatever helps you to be the best person that you can be is like really what you should follow at the end of the Street day, fans, right? Like nah, if Mormonism helps you to be the best person you can yep. be, live that, do that. Exactly. If Catholicism helps you to be the best person you can be, live that, exactly. do that. If no religion helps you to be that person, like yeah, live yeah. that, do that. But just at the end of the day, it's all about helping you to be a good person to live with God. And um, that's kind of big thinking. No, but that's great. No, when that's, I that's, heard that, yeah. I was like, wow, I had never thought about that. And ever since then, it really makes a lot of sense. And it helps me I sometimes to calm anxieties yep. almost of sometimes exactly. feeling like it has to look a certain way or go a certain way but really you can excuse me there's no one way it has to go because really at the end of the day if it's helping you to be a good person to be more like christ if yep. you believe in him or more like god and just be a good person and follow humanism almost yeah. like mm-hmm. yeah. um that, that's what works yeah i don't know no you you staying straight facts that's everything you're saying is, is I couldn't take credit for that idea. No, you got me. That's elevating my thinking. You, as far as I know, you said it. You feel me? Okay, I ain't period. Give correction to Thank that. you. You feel me? Come on now. <laughs> you know what it is. Good stuff. All right. Well, now we're gonna wrap it up. Yes. Yeah. Two minutes <laughs> after the original. But that's okay. Yeah. yeah. This is a great discussion. We learned a lot. We yeah. talked about transracial yeah, adoption. We talked about religion. We talked about God. We hit it all. We got yeah. It all. We, this, this was a great episode. Was, oh, Thank you. Man. Thank Man, you for coming on the podcast today. Um, we need to bring Gary, back you on. Really? We need, yeah. We need to get back Season on. Season two. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> let me know, man. We only do premium content. This is going on the Patreon too. Oh, okay. Remember that? You yeah. feel me? Right. I love that he's That's all right. Yes. They, they call me Premium G, man. Look it up. That's my Instagram. Premium G That's underscore eighty eight. Uh-huh. I'm, you know, we all I do is premium stuff out here, man. Come on. Period. You also got a little career as a model going on, right? You still per. Yeah. If you a photographer, you know, hit me up. Like I said. Premium G88 on Instagram. Look it up. There you go. Look up my man. And uh, be sure to follow us on all platforms at Black yes. Menaces, The Black Menaces. If you just type it in, you'll find it. And for some reason, I don't know why people be having a, a, a hard time spelling menaces. I know. <laughs> but Loki, when they ask me, I don't know how to spell it either. Well, no, for me, I'm always like, men aces. Men aces, exactly. Yes. At least you're honest. Black men aces. Yes. <laughs> on uh, um, all platforms. Yes. And then follow us on the Patreon. Uh, subscribe to us on Patreon at the Menace Society. Yep. Yep. We look Man. forward to having y'all on there. And uh, please be patient with us. We're still building out the Patreon. We're new to all of this, but uh, you know, be get ready for some exclusive content, and fun stuff, um, discounts, and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, yeah. yeah, email your menace moments to the Black Menaces Podcast at gmail dot. Uh, email them to Black Menaces Podcast at there gmail dot com. There's no the. I always mess that up. Black Menaces Podcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Email your menace moments, questions, comments, concerns. Uh, or reach out if you would like to be featured on uh, the podcast. And we would be more than willing to set up an interview with you. Yeah. So thank you. You don't have to live in Utah mm-hmm. for that. We have capabilities to get you anywhere. It's called technology. Period. So thank you guys so much for joining us today on the podcast. And we will check in with you guys next week. Bye.